Indie artists, Spotify just dropped a stat that changes everything. And this is super, super good news. I can't wait to share it with you. Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need. Cash flow, a thriving business. Proof that your songs uh, get cut. Proof that you can sell tickets, that you can get streams. Proof that, that you can record music and that you're a real artist. It's more important now than ever. If you remember the, the last episode <laughs> where we talked about, uh, you know, one viral TikTok song does not an artist make right mm-hmm. that's why we called it the climb c-l-i-m-b creating leverage in the music business that came from the the wicked brain of my mm-hmm. uh my good friend and co-host mr brent baxter brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady a joe nichols and more got a couple number ones in the last 24 months with southern gospel it's actually really more like the last 14 months isn't it because um, one was from one that. year one from the next year but um, all I know is I got one in the top 30 right now. If it's still climbing by the time this drops. So happy there, about there, that. there we go. I love that. And uh, what I love about Brandon is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And when you're ready to go, the next step is relationships. And he helps you create relationships with the pros on the regular. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but yeah, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Fired up. I'm fired up. I know. you super I fired mean, up. I could tell. Our pre-chat was all kinds of passionate, fired yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to get out of the bus. I, I can't wait to share this with you. No, we're going to dig into this, guys. This is really good news. It, it's, it's, it, it just keeps increasing that the, your opportunities for success and the road, the paved, the paved path with, that's well lit to success is becoming wider and wider and wider and easier to attend. Okay, Mm -hmm. and easier to get on and easier to navigate. So we're going to get into that. But first, let's take care of a little business here. Join the Climb community on Facebook. Okay, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Uh, but you got to be good boys and girls. If you spam and 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 like spray and pray, you're going to be bounced out so fast it's not even funny. And <laughs> I'm not, I'm I you know when it comes to that stuff, I go to the Facebook group to to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. So that's right. <laughs> we so are trying to sure. protect your your Facebook experience. That's right. And but that's not to say that we don't want to hear about it because we do want to hear about it. If you have a modicum of self-awareness as an artist and you actually want to join this community to offer something, then mm-hmm. you will know 
where you're supposed to go to put this. Uh, we want to hear about your gigs. We want to hear about your wins. We want to hear about all this stuff. Just put it in the right place, right? We got some wins today? Oh, of course we do. So climber John McDonough, uh, hopefully I'm saying your name right, uh, John, says, hi, guys and gals. I usually never enter song contests, but at the last moment, I decided to enter a lyric I'd written some time ago and entered it into a lyrics-only category. Got an email last week that I'd been selected as a finalist by the International Songwriting Competition. I was surprised, but though it's uh, no big deal, it is something for me to celebrate here. They gave me a link for votes as well. And as always, may we all keep on climbing. Thanks, Johnny and Brent, for all you do. And so that's cool. So he's getting some out of boys on that. Yes, congrats. And keep on climbing, John. Bill O'Hanlon, guest and climber, uh, got another sync song signed tonight, he said. So um, he said it's slated for the young and the restless. Well, there we go. Heard of that brand. So that's awesome. So congrats. And Randy England said, I lost my voice for three weeks, but still wrote a song just about every day, including one with Tracy Richardson, who's also a climber. I call her nice. T-Rich. That's her hip-hop name for me. T-Rich. T-Rich. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and uh, so it's one he's going to play out now that he has his full range back. Is that a new height? I guess it's another lesson in perseverance. And yeah, Randy, that's a win. That's perseverance. That is climbing. That Thank is you. winning. So anyway. Uh, let's see. Johnny Matt Music said, I just got an email that the song I sent out for sync is in the considered list. I didn't even think it would be considered. Big or small, we love them all, right? Because it's that's all right. steps on the climb. Any step up is a win. Listen, and at bats are at bats. You can't get home runs without an at bat. Base right, hits exactly. are base hits. You can't get home runs without at least a base hit. And God bless you if you get a grand slam, but that is not a business model, right? Here's what we're going to do. Right. We're going to put together a baseball team, and all we're going to do is have grand slams. That's all That's all we're going to do. Because why and, wouldn't you? That's right. And by the way, uh, not for nothing, can't have a grand slam without base hits. You need you to have three base, base hits to load up the bases to get the grand slam. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Not for nothing. Mathematically impossible to have a grand slam without base hits. So You can't have um, a grand slam if all you hit is grand slams. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so congrats on those wins, y'all. Keep on climbing. Congrats on those wins. Make sure you follow the podcast or subscribe to it, depending on whatever platform you consume it on. Make sure that you leave a rating and review on iTunes and tell a friend about it. We got lots of good stuff here, guys. Lots of good news. Have you heard the good news? The, the mm. climb is helping artists and songwriters succeed. This podcast exists because we want you to win. Tell somebody about it, will you? For mm-hmm. crying out loud. We love you, but tell somebody about it. So, all right. So what do we got on tap today, Johnny? Okay, this is awesome. So first of all, a little callback. We have to do a little callback to set this up, okay? All right. A while back, we did an episode on a Spotify article. It came out in 2021, Mm -hmm. and it was talking about stats from 2020. And it said that, Actually, it was a, a, a digital music news article, okay? And it said that 13,400 artists made at least $50,000 in streaming, just on Spotify, just on streaming in 2020. Mm-hmm. And the spin on digital music news, which I, I wasn't happy with, I thought it was kind of you know, whiny and, and, and snowflakey and BSE, to be honest, mm-hmm. and I don't mind saying that, but the spin was like, well, there's 8 million artists on Spotify and only 13,400 of them making any money. That's 0.2%. And that's just ridiculous as if it's Spotify's job to make sure that 
all artists who, you know, I, I look at Spotify as like the world's refrigerator when it comes to songs and everybody wants yeah. to put the little finger painting up on there. All the kids want their mom to see the finger painting. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really good and some of them just are not. And some of them aren't serious, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, by the way, so I'm, I'm in the climb community right now because I, I, you posted the link to this article there. So I click on it so I can see the article as well. And Patrick uh -huh. Adams is already in the go, is already in there and commented and said, reminds me of a podcast from a year or so ago. Yeah, that's hmm. right. Look at that, Patrick on his. I love game. it. He's doing the callback. Yeah. Ooh, you know, so as soon as I saw this, I posted it right away with the sort of breakdown on everything. But I want to talk about it because not everybody's in the climb community, you know, so I want to make sure yes. that everybody hears this. But and break it down for him. Yeah, so this former article, not the one we're talking about today, but the former mm -hmm. article is, uh, you know, you and I debunked that whole thing in the sense of, of the spin on it. Like, here's the information. The information is 13,400 artists made at least 50 grand on Spotify. And so I mm -hmm. went and I thought, well, how many of those are the biggies, right? Like, yeah. who's got a record deal right now so that they're they're using somebody else's money and somebody else's infrastructure and promotional infrastructure mm. to generate that kind of traffic. And then I, then I went down the rabbit hole of, well, how many artists have there been, uh, you know, who, who that are superstars that are still, maybe they're not signed, maybe they're not alive, but they're yeah. still generating that kind of traffic to legacy Spotify. Superstars. Uh, yeah, so it's like everybody part. that's ever been successful and had a record deal. And I went back 60 years and the mm -hmm. number we came up there, and if you want to see the breakdown, go listen to that episode. But the number that we came up there was like 2,700 artists in 60 years have made money, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I took out another 1,000 for people who like the Richie Riches, whose parents will spend $4 million so their kids can make 50 grand. And, uh, yeah. and then the lucky, the lucky lose, right? The lottery ticket winners who are like, I just did my first remix or, or this, this, you know, I spit out some piece of whatever yeah. on pro tools this is the first time I've did it. And then they get in the right editorial playlist and lo and behold, they're making boatloads of money. They're making 50 grand on Spotify with like zero promotion, zero effort. Yeah. They just got lucky. Okay. So those are really, really generous numbers. And I came up with around 8,400 artists, indie artists like you that never had a label, never had a deal that have somehow figured out that they don't need somebody's permission and they're making money. So right off the bat, instead of whining about it, it's only 2.2% of the 8 million artists. I'm like, that's 8,400 artists that probably never would have gotten a freaking deal and that are able to make some kind of money from their art that yeah. you weren't before, because the only way you're going to do before is if you got on the radio. Right. Right. I think the hook on that, whole show was what club do you want to be a part of the the one where 8400 indie artists made at least 50 grand on spotify and streaming which is close to 100 overall mm -hmm. on all the streaming 100 grand or do you want to be part of the 2700 artists in the last 60 years that made money and that was only from 2020 that was 8400 artists from the year 2020 one year yeah well spotify releases new data now and the what we're going to talk about today is an interview on a podcast actually with the CEO of Music Business Worldwide, which is an industry rag that I I get everything on it, right? Yeah. It was the founder of Music Business Worldwide. Guy's name is Tim Ingram, and Spotify releases these new statistics about what artists earn on its platform. Okay, now two or three or four things can be true at the same time. 
Okay. Does Spotify pay artists like crap and writers like crap? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Are there way more artists that can make real money on Spotify now than could if they were on the radio? That's also true. And this will change. Once again, this will change. Spotify is a middleman, and we've spoken about it ad nauseum on the podcast. The relationship that Spotify and all the streaming services have with the music business is unsustainable. It is a transitory type of thing, a stepping stone, because Mm -hmm. it's a middleman that doesn't need to exist. And and already in 2022, Spotify has been predicted to uh, kind of start falling apart via the disruption of blockchain okay and Mm -hmm. that prediction came out at the end of last year at the end of 2021 and when you realize that snoop dogg just bought death row records then proclaimed it was going to be an nft only label which is blockchain and then mysteriously two weeks ago his debut release dog style and dr dre's biggie the chronic have now disappeared from streaming services both on death row records. Hmm. Right. Maybe Mm, that's going to, maybe that whoever made that prediction, there was two European banks that investment banks that made that prediction on Spotify last year. I feel like if it doesn't happen in 2022, it'll be 2023. It's right around the corner. Yeah. Okay. So all that aside, let's just talk about the middle-class artists here. Okay. So here's the stats that I want to unpack that's just so freaking exciting. First of all, Spotify says that in 2021, so this is the next year, mm-hmm. 16,500 artists generated over $50,000 in royalties from Spotify. All right, 16,500. Yeah, that's up from 13,400 the year before. Mm. I already did the math on that. Want to know what it is? Yes. 23% increase. Wow. And if you remember from the last show when we talked about the 13,400, that was a 19% increase from from the year before. Mm. The year before that from 2019. Nice. So not only is it increasing, it's actually it it, it it's it's the it's rate actually, of increase is increasing. The rate of increase is increasing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And let's also keep in mind, we're talking about 50 grand just on streaming royalties, just on Spotify. Right. That means that with Apple being a close second and Amazon, it's at least a a reality of like 75 grand, but it's probably really closer to like 100 grand. Yeah. All the other streaming services combined, you're making... Uh, uh, you're doubling that money. You know, Spotify mm. is the lion's share of the streaming business, but there's there's some other biggies out there, Apple and Amazon being the next two big ones. Yeah, and some that pay a lot better as well. So there's that to consider as well. Yeah. Do you think, Brent, that twenty that's a twenty three percent increase in streams? Do you think that we signed twenty three percent more major label artists in twenty uh, in twenty twenty? I'm thinking, heck no. No, No, sir. Nope. No, sir. That's not the case. So where did this growth come from? Well, it can only come from indies. If they're not major, people aren't signing them. Then there we go. And if they didn't just add 23% more like legacy artists, like they found, you know, a a crates full of new Beatles recordings that hadn't been out before and added them, then it's got to be 
current new indie people. Yeah, that's right. So to me, right off the bat, that just, you know, I think the big gist of that, that initial article about the 2020 data or our initial episode about the 2020 data, excuse me, was the middle class is here. Yeah. Right. More and more. I mean, if, if generating a hundred thousand dollars as a business, that's a real business. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a small business. Is that artist taking home a hundred grand? No, no, but that's cash flow, people. Yep. That's cash flow. That's traffic. That is, I mean, a, yeah, when you think about, let's look at the reverse of this, right? When you think about how crap, I mean, how much, how many streams do you have to have to get 50 grand from Spotify? Oh, like that's a lot of freaking traffic, man. Yeah. So the second that, I'm assuming that Spotify is, well, I don't know what the artist rate is. Never mind. I was going to do the writer rate, but that's different than the artist rate. It's a lot lower. The, right. the and, writer and rate. Let's keep in mind, too, that the artists who are smart, the indie artists who are smart and understand that they're also the label, then we'll take the label share. Label share, artist share, possibly writer share as well. Yeah. So, so there's a lot more there, right? I think we're uh, getting better at it. We're certainly getting better at it. But this isn't even the most exciting piece of information actually to me. Um, okay. Well, actually it's very exciting. It's, it's right up there. They're both, I'm they're say both it's pretty exciting. darn exciting. So if you got something better in your holster, I can't wait to hear it. No, I don't, I don't know if it's better actually now that I think about it, but it's, it's, it's revealing though. It's revealing. And I think it kind of puts egg in the face of digital music news for trying to put a spin on something that, you know, I, which I mean, you and it. I smelled it right away, Brent. And, yeah just said, no, come on, this is a crappy way to look at this. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, my whole argument was we can't just assume that everybody who puts something up on Spotify deserves to be paid for it. Exactly. Right? Deserves yeah. traffic, right? Yeah, it's like lamenting that only, you know, a certain percentage of peewee football players ever make it to the NFL. Yeah. Well, like they, like they are entitled to that. Exactly. Yeah, like there's some like Spotify's whole thing was like they Spotify came out of the woodwork in 2009 and said we're going to create this streaming service and guarantee every artist that wants to upload their music an outcome. <laughs> the outcome is that your music is on Spotify. That's the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not not that anybody's going to give a crap about it, right? Exactly. Or the not that anybody's going to hear it. Yeah. As I a mean, wise man I, who co-hosts a podcast I listen to and co-host regularly said uh, distribution is not marketing. Mm -hmm. He runs Daredevil Production. That's right. Yes. So check this out. At the bottom of this um, report here, Spotify estimates that Spotify goes to dig in on how many of the artists on our platform are actually professional artists mm -hmm. or professionally aspiring artists, right? Like on their way. Like treating it like a business, like treating it like a business, gig. trying to be yeah. trying to be professional, right? Yep. So, what metrics do they use to decide that? Is that what you're digging into? What's that? Yeah, like, yeah. The criteria that, that they use, the criteria they use to decide that. So, so what constitutes in 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 with the criteria that Spotify uses? What constitutes a professional artist figure? Right? Like mm -hmm. what? What is that? So, there's essentially two key questions. The first, how many of the 8 million artists 
on Spotify's platform have released fewer than 10 tracks to date. Mm. That okay. number is going to blow your mind. All right. What do we got? 5.4 million. Woo. So over two thirds of all the artists on the service have released fewer than 10 tracks. In other words, have released, haven't released enough tracks to, to fill an album. Yep. So it leaves 2.6 million that right. have. Now, all right. out of those 2.6 million that have released more than 10 tracks, Mm-hmm. How many are popular enough to also have 10,000 monthly listeners? Okay. Now, monthly listeners go up and go down with every release. Every artist that has uh, Spotify for Artists sees that. Okay. Right? Like it shrinks. Like, uh, so when you're on playlists, your monthly listeners go up, right? Mm-hmm. When your tenure on when the singles or the, the releases tenure on that playlist goes away, the monthly listeners will go down unless you have another one mm-hmm. that's up there. You want to know how many artists have released more than 10 tracks who also have more than 10,000 monthly listeners on Spotify out of the 8 million? I am curious. 165,000. That's a big drop. That's a big drop. Now, then Spotify said, you know what? They estimated that 199,000 artists sold a ticket, a ticket to a live concert in 2019. So pre-pandemic. And they got that data from Songkick, Ticketmaster, and other digital platforms, right? Mm -hmm. So Spotify, that's how Spotify gets the estimate of 200,000 artists on that service. Okay? Okay. Ingram says, to put it a slightly crueler way, 98% of the 8 million artists on Spotify today either aren't popular enough to have 10,000 monthly listeners or have released 10,000 tracks, less than 10,000, less than 10 tracks to date. Excuse me. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that one more time because I made a mess of it. But <laughs> uh, 98% of the 8 million artists on Spotify today either aren't popular enough to have 10,000 monthly listeners or have released less than 10 tracks to date. So Spotify's own stats show that once again, here's that, that statistic 0.2% of the 8 million artists on its platform are generating revenue of 50,000 or above. And that sounds, you know, that sounds horrible, but now when you look at the reality of who's trying, Mm -hmm. right. Who really is trying to be an artist? Who are the real artists? And this, by the way, this ties in with my last episode on the TikTok stars, Mm -hmm. right? Who all of a sudden get all this traffic from one song enough that they get a deal going, but they're not artists. Yeah. They're not, or they're not ready to be artists. Let's put it that way. Maybe they're not ready. They just just be baby artists incubating. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the uh, 200,000, if you if you look at sixteen thousand five hundred of the two hundred thousand who are really in it to win it, mm-hmm. that's that's over eight percent. Yeah, eight point two five percent, eight and a quarter. Yeah, that's over eight percent, guys. Like this is 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. This is astounding in so many ways. This is exciting for Daredevil mm-hmm. because that means that the pie that I'm trying to get a slice of continues to grow. <laughs> yeah. And it's growing really fast. Mm-hmm. This is exciting for songwriters. Yeah. For the same reason. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I look at it and just because I was curious, you went to that show the other night and it was all TikToker after TikToker with millions of streams versus after millions of streams, I was like, what does that pay out? Cause I get my statements and I see, and so yeah. I figure Spotify, I'm figuring 0. 0.007 a spin. Like, and I'm like, okay, if you, that's like $7,000 for a million spins for the writer side. So if you're the solo writer, million spins on Spotify alone. Now I get stuff that comes in from all different streaming services like, okay, that's 7000 uh, If I own my publishing, uh, it's a 50-50 co-write. That's 3500 bucks. Not bad for a day's work. <laughs> you know, right. if you look at it that way, wrote a song, it gets released by somebody. So the more people that are doing millions of streams, the better for me. Because it's all, I mean, songwriting has always been about hits and stacking pennies. Yes. Well, so let's just talk about that as it is right now. Mm-hmm. And then let's then I'm just going to remind everybody that we have to factor in the free market here. Yes. Okay. Which is why I am able to say with all confidence that the relationship that Spotify has with the music industry is unsustainable. Yes. It can't stay there. It just won't happen because they're not needed. Yeah. They're, they're just not needed. They were initially needed to prove to everybody that this streaming mumbo jumbo stuff can make money. Yes. But now you have the labels making billions every quarter, mm-hmm. every 90 days on streaming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's where the greed part comes in. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. We own Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, nobody's going to Spotify for, for Spotify. They're going for Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're splitting with Spotify, if it's $1, it's too much. 
Well, that and how many of these labels have publishing companies as well? And they're like, oh, the art, the label side is doing well. The artist is getting paid, but our writers are getting hosed. Yeah, Why don't we yeah. open up that cash register more and get our writers paid more because that gets us paid more? Well, let's just, I tell you what. That uh, that's that we, we skipped a step. I want to go back to the first step. Let's just talk right. about where it is right now. Okay. Yep. Just where it is right now. You went from, I don't know what the number would be, what if you factor out 19%, let's see. Uh, but I'm guessing it was probably somewhere around 10 or 11,000 artists that made at least 50 grand on Spotify in 2019. Mm -hmm. Then that number jumps to 13,400 artists in 2020. Mm -hmm. And now it jumps to 16,500 artists in 2021. Okay. So if we factor in going, calling back to that episode about uh, the original Spotify data, that only 2,700 artists made any money in mm. the last 60 years. Okay. But those artists made a boatload of money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, we've had at least, well, 13,400, 14,400, 15,000. That's 3,100 more artists that generated mm. at least 50 grand in revenue. Uh, from Spotify in one year's time. Yeah. And that number's up another, that's something like 5,000 more artists that are actually generating revenue, period, revenue. Yeah. Right? So you've got more artists figuring it out. Well, first of all, supply and demand. Well, we got more artists that need songs, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got more outlets for songwriters to make revenue. Now, maybe instead of having like your one big hit that generates a half million dollars worth of revenue, God bless you if you have that, or a million dollars yeah. worth of revenue, God bless you if you have that. But maybe you can take your, you know, I think of uh, the, the, the Troika, right? The, the triple threat of O'Hanlon <laughs> and uh, DeMarco and LeBlanc. And LeBlanc yeah. right? They got a thousand songs they wrote between the three of them over there. Well, all those songs, you know, now all of a sudden they can all become money makers. But maybe you're going to have 20 songs that are out there making $7,000 each. Yeah. Why? Because we got a lot more artists that need that. That you know, your market is expanding too, songwriters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So right now, your market is just expanded twenty four percent, or twenty three percent from the year before, mm -hmm. and nineteen percent from the year before that. I don't know. Like I, I don't know what that. I have to you know, back the math out on that. But that's a, mm -hmm. that's a massive increase. Yeah. In the size of the market, the amount of people who are generating just generating revenue yeah okay that's what's happening right now with the way that spotify crappily pays for their streams <laughs> yeah yeah so that's really bad pay. you it's becoming less of a closed club and it's going to be more of a you know what and and you know what we still haven't done yet and this is where daredevil is heading this up is we don't have a solid dependable Dependable is the best word. Repeatable, dependable pipeline for breaking artists digitally. Yeah. Radio was a solid, repeatable, dependable pipeline for 80 years. Mm -hmm. 
to break artists until it stopped. Yeah. And now everybody's going to kick that dead horse until they tell themselves, until they're honest with themselves and say, okay, this horse is dead and we've got to do something different. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you know, there's, I'm not the only one out there trying to figure this out, trying to get artists to play in a sandbox with me. We're going to figure this out. Like, here's the steps that we need to take to brand an artist and get them market penetration on a mm -hmm. digital platform, right? It can happen. It's just nobody's doing it like that because right, they want to yeah. pretend it's radio or they get to pretend it's radio because our big multi-million dollar brand name broke on broadcast. Mm -hmm. So anything we put out feels it, digital is a broadcast device for us Yeah, because I don't have to build it on digital. It's mm -hmm. already built, right? The audience is already there. Yeah. So this is like the potential in this is is astoundingly huge. And I think there was a um, – I don't think I know. There was this episode two where we talked about how the music – in the same year that the music industry shrank, like the worst year of the music industry when we shrank for – it wasn't a year. It was like a, an amount of time. It was a few years. We shrank from a $75 billion a year industry to a $15 billion a year industry. That was rock mm. bottom. That's an 80% contraction in commerce pre-pandemic, okay? Yeah. And in that same amount of time that the music industry shrank, video gaming exploded to $150 billion a mm -hmm. year industry. Wow. So to me, $75 billion, I think you could make an argument, a big picture argument. Now, I'm up at 30,000 feet, guys, that $75 billion was the saturation level that was as, as much as you can make in the music industry because of the mathematical restriction of radio. Yeah. The only way that you could make more money is to either charge more money for the music mm -hmm. or somehow figure out how to get more artists market saturation. Yeah. Through that same bottleneck of radio, which... But it's a bottleneck, yeah. Yeah. Only 12 songs an hour, right? They're only spinning yeah. 25 to 45 or 40 songs a week. And I can That's only... It. And they're doing it for months and months and months and months and months, yeah. right? Yeah, and I can only listen to one radio station at a time, you know? Yeah, I wonder what the, I wonder what the number is for your average like station, how many different songs they spin over the course of a year. Yeah. I'll bet you that's frightening. Probably is, yeah. I'll bet you that's absolutely frightening to how small that number is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you think about it, they're playing, I mean, they're spinning 25 to 35 or 40 songs a week, but each of those singles is going to be probably on that playlist for at least three or four months, probably averaging six months. Mm -hmm. Then, Wow. Yeah, I mean, how many songs is it, dude? It's not a lot. It's not, not a, lot. a lot of songs over the course of a year. But here we have a decentralized platform. They don't need to get on radio to get to the audience. And more and more artists are figuring out how to generate money doing that. I think we can come back and, and easily hit $150 billion as an industry with a very, very, very strong middle class happening. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you can figure out how to have 10,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and, and continue to promote and generate cash flow of total cash flow of all the streaming services of 
of a hundred grand that doesn't include concert tickets, that doesn't include merch, that doesn't include you know anything in the blockchain or whatever. Like th- th- then uh, this is that is that's a business, man. That that's a yeah. viable business. Now all of a sudden it was it was just such a close club before. But it's like you got to have your plan B. Mm-hmm. Got to have your plan B because you know very few people make it. Very few people make it because there was like three different sets of gods. Yeah, in the industry that got to decide. Yeah, the gatekeepers. Yeah, the gatekeepers. You and know, and they mind. all had to say yes. Yeah, and keep in mind that this is just Spotify. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. is one lane. This is not live. This is not merch. This is not right. any of the other stuff, right? So you may be like, well, how can I feed this a family? This is not traffic that you generate from YouTube or from yeah. other, like, yeah, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, so that, you know, 50 grand revenue is just one source. And you want to yep. diversify that portfolio. Yep. So, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now. So how many artists just- How many artists are making 50 grand, like, all in with merch and, and shows and all that stuff? That's a got to be a way bigger number that's a way bigger number because they're making yeah. 10 on spotify but they're making 10 on merch they're making 10 on you know whatever mm-hmm. yeah and all these artists I-, I can tell you for the most part are are still i don't mean this to sound harsh but like kind of clueless about the digital platform they're, they're yeah. just figuring out how to get their head around honoring the digital platform when mm-hmm. they figure that out when the labels figure out a solid dependable pipeline for breaking mm-hmm. artists digitally to cut through that noise okay then let me tell you something man it it it, it, it shoots up right just enough yeah. people need to be able to see it enough times mm-hmm. that's the basic of it and and we're all still lamenting that radio doesn't work anymore <laughs> right but yeah. that's just that's just where it is right now. So where it is right now, more and more songwriters can make money because more and more artists need songs and they are making money. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you can have a lot of really little like minor league base hits mm-hmm. that stack up to a, Hey, that's, you know, all of a sudden I'm making money on the side here. That's like some mailbox money. Yeah. That's legit. Right. Instead of yeah. one song, I've got 40 out there that mm-hmm. are generating revenue for me. I mean, between Lucy and O'Hanlon and DeMarco, uh, what did they have? Like 10 songs that they had synced? This is. Uh, I don't remember. And that's was just in the past year. So several that are that are out there and. Yeah, just in the past year, 10 songs. So this is not. So so if you're looking at this through the lens of what it used to be, the numbers, right, of uh, uh, and the scarcity of a cut mm-hmm. from 15 years ago from the old music business, this doesn't make sense. It seems like pie in the sky. Yeah. But here we just had these people on the podcast a while ago, and they're like, yeah, so far we've got 10 songs this year synced. Yeah. That's, oh. that's generating revenue. Is it generating millions? No. But they've got a 1,000 songs that can make money for them. Yeah, what did uh, what did Bill call it? He's like, it's playing like the the you know, it's not the million dollar lottery, but it's more like the scratch offs that are like, yeah, ten bucks here, twenty bucks here. You know, obviously the sync stuff pays more than that, but he's saying it's the smaller stuff, but it's better odds, better odds, way and, better odds, yeah. and you can get more of it placed. The, the other thing is that there's more, there's just more lanes to put it in, right? We need mm-hmm. more songs. Now, we talked about Snoop Dogg, but. Death Row Records Mm -hmm. said it's going to be an NFT only label, AKA blockchain only label. And then pulls 
the chronic and pose dog style from streaming. I don't care what the outcome of this story is. Mm-hmm. We're either going to find out how to make a light bulb mm-hmm. or we're going to find out how one not way, to make a light bulb. One way not to. Right. Yeah. Okay. But we, but it, it that, that takes balls. Mm-hmm. And we have streaming services already on blockchain. Audius is A-U-D-I-U-S. That's a, that's a blockchain streaming service. Theta is the essentially the YouTube of blockchain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the artists who have traffic, it's again, I'm I'm supporting my statement that streaming services like Spotify have an unsustainable relationship with the music industry because as soon as the artists and the labels figure out they can make more money mm-hmm. with the same traffic over here, that's where they're going to go because the traffic will follow them. Yeah. Because the distribution doesn't matter on digital. Mm-hmm. And so when that starts to happen, it's it's we I don't know exactly how it's going to manifest itself, but we're going to see a lot happen in the next nine months. By the time Christmas of 2022 comes around, we're going to see a lot of stuff go on there. And I promise you by this time next year, we're going to have much more clarity on this. That's a very short amount of time without the middle and keep in mind not only you're talking about eliminating the middleman right we're mm-hmm. not we're because you brand you and i were talking about this before we press record here it should make sense that a streaming service comes out and says hey we charge this amount of money for the monthly subscription to the streaming service and we generate this amount of money from ads. And so all the revenue that's created, we are going to put into this big pot. And then mm-hmm. we're going to take all the streams that have happened. Mm-hmm. And we're going to divide that amount of money by the amount of streams. And that's going to give each stream a dollar amount. Right. And that's where you start. Now, you and I were talking about, okay, so who curates the playlist? Who's going to be doing There's going to be some infrastructure costs in there Mm -hmm. that should come out but because it's going to be completely transparent and because nobody is going to be able to change that rule without getting 51 percent of the community to agree to it Mm -hmm. can you imagine about like ascap if they came and said hey we're just going to change this rule about sync and and your 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 vocal bumpers are even though the network's paying us as primary vocals, we're not going to pay you as a primary vocal because it's just <laughs> right. more fair for the other artists and blah 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 blah. But well, I mean that crap doesn't fly when you got to yeah. get fifty one percent of the people that are generating the revenue to say yes. Yeah. So how does that work, right? So so you guys, artists need to be focusing on traffic. Songwriters. Go back and listen to that episode with DeMarco LeBlanc and O'Hanlon. Mm-hmm. You need to be stacking up your songs, man, because yeah. it's all going to be able to generate revenue. And I promise you, without a doubt, that you are going to make significantly more money per stream. Mm-hmm. If it goes to point zero instead of point zero zero seven cents per stream, if it goes to point zero seven cents per stream, that's 10 times more money per stream. Oh, heck yeah. And yeah, and then that uh, seven thousand for a million streams on Spotify becomes seventy thousand for a million streams on like Audius or one of these other blocks. Say that things. one more time. Yeah, so that seven thousand per for a writer for a writer seven thousand 
for a million streams on Spotify becomes 70,000, which is getting up there like selling a platinum record back in the 90s. Because that would have generated about $90,000 for the writers and publishers on a million units sold. Depending on what the statutory for, rate for just was a at cut. the time, for a cut, a cut. that is only selling records. That's no airplay. So this is like a, yeah. you know, hidden track or whatever, B-side, non-single album cut. On we're right around the corner yeah. from this, guys. We're right around the corner from this. So this is where, and, the, and and because listen, because the distribution doesn't matter. You may think Spotify feels like another big Goliath that's just going to step on you. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. Spotify is weaker than you think. Yeah. They don't go spending billions on podcasts because they feel like they love podcasts. They're doing it because they see the future of music. They see they what they, Netflix did and where everybody started pulling their stuff off Netflix. So Netflix has, has definitely invested robustly in making their own movies. Right. And, 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 and here's where, so here's where we have to, you know, we have to caution you to, to understand the chess games are, they're, they're very, very similar industries in that we, they create artistic intellectual property and, and promote that artistic intellectual property. And Netflix adapted first, like Spotify adapted first and created streaming, but they're different products. It still costs millions of dollars to make a TV show or a movie. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, there's scarcity there. It's very limited to, uh, how many people get to put their painting, their yeah. finger painting up on the refrigerator? There's 70,000 uploads a day on Spotify. So right. Spotify can't c- create its own content in the music business enough to replace the revenue that they're going to lose when this shift happens. Mm-hmm. And if the labels are smart, they'll they'll follow what Hollywood did because right now all the streaming services, th- the music is commoditized. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I can go to, I can subscribe to Apple or I can subscribe to Amazon or I can subscribe to Spotify. I have exactly the same products available, yeah. exactly the same. And therefore, uh, the only way to compete in a commoditized market is with price. Mm-hmm. That's bad for the music industry. Right. But if you notice in Hollywood, if if you've got kids, you've got Disney. Mm-hmm. You subscribe. Yeah, because that's the only like place friends, you're watching Encanto. There you go. Yeah, unless and if you, you got friends, you're on NBC. So they each have each of those subscription services have different products. Mm-hmm. And Scarcely. and you're gonna go uh, base, you're gonna go accordingly, right? And mm-hmm. they'll figure out how just the same way your cable provider packages up different things and different features to make some sort of conglomerate platform. That'll happen. But the other big piece of this guys that from just from a business standpoint, when we get to web 3.0, which is happening so fast, so much faster than you think is that there's no waiting. Mm -hmm. It happens immediately daily cash flow into your digital wallet. Mm -hmm. That won't hurt my feelings. That is cash flow is king. There are businesses like Janelle's son runs a oil, like he he's in the oil business in mm-hmm. North Dakota. And he has this whole service that works around wells and stuff like that in the oil business, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how do you think Exxon and Shell and BP, how, these big oil companies, how do you think they pay? As slowly as possible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're talking like net 90. Ugh. Right. So you go and take on a job. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, it could be the hugest contract in the world. Yeah. You're very excited about it. How the hell are you going to pay for it? Because yeah. you got to front the cost for the first 90 days mm-hmm. until, yeah. think about that, right? Yeah. And so songwriters, same thing. Brent, you had a huge hit with Alan Jackson's mm-hmm. uh, Monday Morning, uh, Church. Monday Morning yeah. Church. When did that song drop? And when did you get paid? It let's see. It dropped uh, October of two thousand and four. Uh, it was released as a single, and, and that's about the time the record came out too. It was like the second single, I think, off that record. Let's see. So it started generating in October. You know, as far as probably both mechanicals and sync, if they were both dropped in that quarter, that fourth quarter of two thousand four. And then the earliest I got paid was on. Let's see. Man, it was it was months. It was definitely into 2005 because like it would summer have, of 05? At, the, at the end of fourth quarter of of 04 would have gotten paid out to say both, uh, you know, ASCAP or the label would have paid out probably 45 days after the end of the quarter. So we're talking mid first quarter 2005 that we got paid to Blue Water, who was handling my admin and then ASCAP and then they would have paid out to me middle of the next quarter, probably. So we're talking middle of the next second quarter have been about May 15th that yeah. I would have started seeing income from a single that dropped in October, started getting significant airplay in October. So like half a year. Yeah. And that sounds actually pretty fast to me. That sounds pretty efficient. I, I would have, I would have bet it would have been it more have on that. <laughs> but it's been a minute, but yeah, it, because if it's starting to generate, starting to get scanned, they would have reported that and paid on it 45 days after that after that quarter, after the end of that current quarter. Yeah, something like there that. There you go. I'll have to so, look. I should look at my... So, uh, guys, can you imagine like being able to put something out and then immediately start generating revenue from the traffic that it has and that immediacy of the money? So, so a lot of things happen. Number one, wherever there's a big pool of money and it's going to stay there for a while is... is is where you're going to find problems, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to find corruption. What, what, who's that famous bank robber? I can't remember. Is it Willie something? And they said, you know, why do you rob banks? He was a big famous sort of uh, personality back in yeah. the 30s, the 20s and 30s, because he would always rob banks and he he would just spend all the money and he was hanging with the movers and the shakers and the beautiful people. He's like a, like a, a robber celebrity. Yeah. But why would you, why would you always rob banks? He's like, cause that's where the money is, you know, <laughs> right, yeah. so it's the same as true for your governments as it mm-hmm. is for PROs, as it is for Spotify, as it is for charities. I mean, you get a whole millions and millions and millions of dollars just sitting right here. Somebody's going to come up with an idea how to tap into that. Yeah. Before it gets to you. Yeah. Do you see? And now that's not doesn't happen. It's just immediately goes to you, which is going to when that hits. You want to see how fast this grows mm-hmm. because this becomes a viable vocation now. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Like, uh, you know, or you could go into music. There's lots of people that do that and they can go make money within a couple of years. As long as you can, as long as you're artistically ready to do that. Yeah. There's money to be made. And for Daredevil, that means there's artists that need help, right? Yeah. There's more artists that need marketing. For songwriters, there's more artists that need songs. So, guys, this is huge, huge, huge news. The the, the fact that it, it went up from a 19% increase to a 23% increase, 
I think listeners of this podcast, I, I don't think you're one of those 5.4 million artists. I put <laughs> that in air quotes yeah. who have less than 10 tracks on, you know, on Spotify. I, I don't think you listen to this podcast. If you're that kind of artist, I doubt yeah. it. Unless you're really at the beginning of a journey that you're serious about. Mm -hmm. When it, when we separate the wheat from the chaff, it becomes a very, very small number of people who are actually really doing it. Mm -hmm. And then the percentage of those people that are making that kind of money is, is 8%. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and I think that grows again too. So just more good news, just more reasons to, to know that, that this is actually a, this isn't a pipe dream. And it, and I think it's less and less luck yeah. is required now because mm -hmm. of the gatekeepers are gone. And it's more and more, is there luck involved with becoming like a master craftsman plumber? I guess. Yes. If you're, if you get lucky and you get this apprenticeship with this guy, who's like the plumbing God yeah. of the plumbing world, or like he's the guy or whatever, or you learn from, from just some random plumber who just happens to be a brilliant businessman as well yeah. as a plumber. And here's how you run a business, mm -hmm. which is different than our talent of plumbing. Right. And, and but there's some luck involved with that because the teacher appears. But if you go and you get schooled and you become an apprentice and you work your ass off, you're going to make money as a plumber. Yeah. Right. Or a ditch digger or a construction or whatever. And so I feel like we're headed towards that where it's, it's less luck and more. How bad do you want it? Yeah. It's there for the there you go, guys. That's all I got to say about that. Hey, start reframing your brain uh, on the way that you think about this. Your brain is corrupt with broadcast ideas. Um, clean that out. Go to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, free download called Whoever Owns the Traffic Rules the Road, which is a largely about what we talked about here today and, and, and can generate real revenue. It's a free download. Just go there. Tell us where to send it. We'll get it to you. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.